Hey, welcome to the Real Life Youth Podcast. I'm so glad that you could join us. What you're going to expect is real issues that matter to today's youth. We're going to tackle topics like faith, relationships, purpose, and everything in between. I hope this message blesses you. Hey, I want to talk to you about something that um, I just think is so important. I'm going to have a lot of scripture for you today. And so that is the appropriate response. Thank you. Um, If one of you wouldn't mind, would you hand me the water that is on that seat? I've had enough caffeine. But anyways, um, one thing I want to tell there's Scott. Hey, Scott. You're the one I was trying to talk about to make you stand up. But never mind. Love you, buddy. Okay, so I'm going to ask you guys a couple of questions. Thank you, Ashton. Appreciate it. Have you ever had this gut feeling? And I'm not talking about that ramen. I'm not talking about that wings when your stomach's churning. I'm not talking about anything like that. But have you ever had this gut feeling that like something is wrong? Yes. Maybe you're hanging out with your friends and they're uh, wanting to do something and you're thinking, this isn't right. This doesn't feel good. I feel like we're going to get in trouble if we do this. Like I, I, I got this feeling like, man, we shouldn't be doing or partaking in this activity. Or maybe it's something good. Maybe it's, oh man, you went to a college and you toured a college campus. Some of you who are juniors and seniors or whatever, or seniors, I should say, not juniors. But you're touring a college campus, you're like, hey, this feels right. I don't know what it's, what it's like. I don't know what it's about, but this feels good. I've heard some of you this weekend say, man, I've had a feeling yesterday. I don't know what it was, but I've been having a feeling upon me and it feels great. Sometimes we don't understand why we have these feelings. It's almost like, Something is leading us in a direction, a direction that like we can't quite explain, something that's kind of unrecognizable. Maybe it's a little bit unfamiliar. And we keep thinking like, why does this feeling keep popping back up again and again and again and again? Mine might have been Buffalo Wild Wings, but no, I'm just kidding. Anyways, but why does this feeling keep coming over me? I want to talk to you about something today, and I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, Holy Spirit. Turn to your other neighbor and say, Holy Spirit. Now look behind you and say, Spirit Holy. Oh, I tra- you hear the hesitation? <laughs> uh, last night, we talked about salvations and giving your life to Jesus and be, uh, what being like a true follower of Christ, right? And believing and having faith and having trust. And with that opportunity and with having that relationship with Jesus, we have an opportunity to receive the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we hear the turn, (laughs) sometimes we have that opportunity to receive that Holy Spirit, but we don't quite understand what that feeling is. We don't understand what those those emotions coming over us are. I feel like my North Dakota accent just came through right there, sorry. So what is, I think something that we need to answer right away though is, what is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. You might hear the words Trinity. He's part of the Trinity. What does that mean? It's God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, God the Holy Spirit. He's part of a Trinity. So why does Jesus send the Holy Spirit to live inside of us? You see, Jesus appears before his disciples after the resurrection. You know, remember we talked about the 500 witnesses yesterday? There was over 500 witnesses or eyewitness accounts at once. This is after the resurrection. And look at the book of Luke. How many of you got your Bible with you? Woo-woo! Got your Bible. How many of you got your digital Bible with you? Awesome. I saw the smile on that. 
All right, Luke chapter 24, verse 49. It says, And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. So Jesus says, I will send you the power from heaven. So I will send you the power from heaven. I'm going to say that again. I will send you the power from heaven. Do you realize what that means? We can read that and say, oh, we have the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of heaven. Cool. There is so much behind that sentence. Because the power that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in every single one of you. The power that parted the Red Sea lives in every single one of you. The power that can heal the sick lives in every single one of you. So when he says, I will send the power from heaven to be within you, man, that's what he's talking about. We can perform these amazing miracles. Man, Jesus was, Jesus defeated the grave. Stone rolled away, walked out, just bust out of there, and he's just like, I'm alive. No, he didn't say it like that. But you think about the power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in every single one of us in this place. Would you say that's pretty awesome? Oh, let's try that again. Would you say that's pretty awesome? Some of you are like, unsure. Okay, all right. Can I tell you a story? I need some more water. Can I tell you another story after the water? Okay. I haven't told you one in the first place, so technically it's my first one. I'm going to kick that. All right, so there was this one time that uh, Kristen and I, Chris, uh, we, it was kind of like when we were first married. Well, I, I take that back. We were probably married for like three years. And my time, as you can tell, is not great in my head. Um, so anyways, I'm watching a movie in the living room, and I don't even remember what it was. I'm watching a movie, having a good time. And I remember Kristen comes out of the bedroom because she was trying to go to bed. And she's like, my foot hurts. She's like, my foot doesn't feel good. And she's in tears. And she comes and sits on the couch. I pause the movie. And she's just telling me, like, hey, my foot doesn't feel well. Like, I don't know what's going on. It's like the bridge of my foot. Like, it is a pain that I can hardly even walk on it. And she kind of, like, limped over to the couch, right? And I remember God's, like, pray over her foot. And even with my own wife, I was scared to pray out loud. I was scared to pray over my wife. He's like, Tate, pray over your wife's foot. Side note, why is it so easy for us to be able to share the gospel with our friends or somebody that we don't even know, but when it comes to our own family, we don't even minister to them? I'm guilty of that. I am so guilty of that. It is easier for me to share Jesus with you than it is my own family half the time, and it's still a struggle for me. Because there's just something there. It's so easy to be able to say, hey, I'm going to pray for you, Taylor, but I'm not going to pray for my own brother. Little brother. Not like brother in Christ. I mean my little brother, blood brother, identical brother who's bald like me. But it's so easy for us to do that. So my, my, my quick encouragement of just quick saying that right now is I'm gonna, I want to pray over you guys, like not right now, but I'm going to pray over you guys throughout this weekend and the night that you will have confidence to be able to share Jesus within your own family because I know there's some of you in here that you are following Jesus, but your family isn't. And guess what? When you share your family with Jesus, 
or you share Jesus with your family, it gives you a whole new confidence. It gives you a whole new boldness. And the minute that I was able to start talking openly about my faith to my, to my dad, to my brothers, to my sister, it just gave, it was like a whole nother level just was unlocked. So I want to pray that over you guys, uh, that, that, that happens for you this weekend. All right, back to the story. You guys remember about Christian's foot? All right, some of you are like, oh, I wasn't paying attention. But I'm like, no, I'm too embarrassed to pray over Kristen's foot. This is my wife. Raise your hand. She's amazing. It's my wife. So, oh, there you go. So he's like, pray over Kristen's foot. And I'm like, no. Third time, I'm like, no. It's like Peter denied it three times. And he's, I'm like, no. And she's like, all right, you know, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go back to bed. I'm not sure what's wrong. And I feel like Jesus just like came down and just gut punched me. Like I felt this feeling in my stomach that was like, I almost wanted to puke. I'm not kidding. And I was like, Kristen, hold up. And she turns around and she's like, what? I go, come back here. I'm supposed to pray over you. And I am like shaking at this point because I'm just like, oh my gosh, what, how is this going to go? And she's smiling because she remembers this. And I said, Lord, you, like, who am I to need God to prove it to me? But you know, whatever. So I'm like, Lord, if this is really you, I'm going to put my hands around Kristen's foot, not physically. Like I'm going to put my hands around it. I'm not going to touch her foot. But I'm like, when I pray, I want her foot to tingle and I want her foot to vibrate because you need to prove it to me that it was you, God. And he could have been like, shut up, Tate. And so I start praying over her foot. And I'm like, just praying. I'm like softly praying. And I look up and her eyes are wide. I was like, oh, did I touch it? And she's like, I'm feeling this tingling and this vibrating sensation that I cannot explain. And I'm like, what? And I'm just starting to pray. Here's the best part. When we were done praying, she was able to walk on that foot She was able to jump up and down. She was able to dance. She was able to do what she wanted. Her foot was completely healed. Why? And that's just, out of my, I'm 35 years old. Out of my 35 years, some of you are like, what? You're being too nice. Yeah, I'm 35. I'll be 36 this year. Don't judge me. I'm bald. You couldn't tell. That's like the third ball jump. Okay, (laughs) hold on. Conversation for not later. Um, so anyway, so after this happens, I just really started to think, like, man, if I, didn't, if I was not in tune with the Holy Spirit in that moment, what would have happened? He could have healed it no matter what. He doesn't, God doesn't need us. But I thought, wow, the Holy Spirit was really speaking into my heart. And because for me to just get over my own pride and my own selfishness, my wife's foot was completely healed. You see, that same power that heals lives in every single one of you. Maybe her foot would not have healed in that moment, but that doesn't mean God wasn't moving. It doesn't mean God wasn't doing something. We got to have faith. But if we have the opportunity to have this power within us, then why are so many of us living a spiritless life? A spiritless life. And I think there's two reasons why people have a hard time receiving the Holy Spirit. Because one is some aren't even aware of the Holy Spirit. That's why we got to read the word. Some resist the Holy Spirit. And we look in Acts 7.51, and I'm not going to make you turn it because I got a lot of scripture for you today. Acts uh, chapter 7, verse 51, it says, you stubborn people. That's like, oh, that's me right there. You stubborn people. You are heathen. I like how it says that. You are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did, and so do you. I felt like that was theme music pumping up that verse right there. (laughs) 
oftentimes, when we have those feelings, we don't even allow the Holy Spirit in. A lot of those times when you feel that overwhelming sensation of like, what is this joy coming in? I'm going to back away from it. I'm not, I, I, I don't know what that is because we're so uncomfortable, we push it away. But I want to tell you, don't be ashamed. Don't be discouraged when you feel that. Don't be embarrassed about it. Allow for the Holy Spirit to rest within you. Allow for the Holy Spirit to be your friend. It's that simple. So what does it mean for us to be able to receive the Holy Spirit? So what does it mean when somebody says, the Holy Spirit is within you? What does he do? The Holy Spirit will comfort you. The Holy Spirit will comfort you. And we look in John chapter 4, verse 16, and it says, and I will ask you as the Father, or and I will, I'm sorry, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Who will never leave you. He will give you a friend that's never going to leave you. He's always going to be there. He will give you a, fr a friend that's going to give you the best advice that you can ever ask in your life. Say advice. Say best advice. Man, because when we look at this, the Holy Spirit is going to comfort you. But there's something amazing that the Holy Spirit also does, is the Holy Spirit will counsel you. The Holy Spirit is also going to counsel you. And we look in John chapter 16, now verse 13. Like I told you, I got a lot of scripture because it's too good. It says that when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth and he will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will tell you about the future. The Holy Spirit is going to lead you. He's going to give you wisdom. Can I tell you one more story? Okay, cool. I like stories. So the first five years of my Christian faith, I was a salesman of internet. You guys know what that is still? Not like, <laughs> so I sold internet. I did, actually did that for 12 years. So I was a salesman for five years. I gave my life to Christ after the, you know, the heaven's gates, hell's flames. I told you about all that. And I remember one night I was praying to God. I was like, God, you know, give me a direction that I'm supposed to go in my life. I thought I was going to be a salesman forever. I loved it. I love being a salesman. Why? Because I like talking and I like talking to people. But I was like, okay, God, just give me some type of direction. I go to bed, go to sleep. And God gives me this dream. He gives me this dream where I'm speaking on a stage to a bunch of people. He shows me like a bunch of hallways. He shows my wife, um, it's kind of probably going to kind of ruin some of it, but he shows my wife doing a little bit of children's ministry in front of a certain window. And I remember he even gave me details of what the worship team looked like. He gave me details of what the auditorium looks like. And I remember waking up and I could not get this picture out of my head. And I'm a person I love to draw. I love art. I, I love to draw. So I'm sketching this out. I'm sketching it out. I'm drawing it out. And so I go to work. Guess what? My identical twin brother worked at the same place. And so when I get there, my twin brother Jordan, his name's Jordan, named after Michael Jordan, he comes up and he says, hey, I had this crazy dream about you. And I was like, hey, so did I. He's like, let's go into the conference room and talk about it on work time. It's kind of funny. And so we go into the conference room. We're talking about it. 
And, but uh, what, what, we weren't talking about it. I said, hold up. Before we go into details about this dream, I want to write it down on a piece of paper, every detail that we see in the dream. And I, I, and I want to re-sketch out what I saw. So we sketch it out. We draw it out. Exactly what was on my twin brother's paper was exactly almost word for word what was in my dream. Oh, that's just half of it. Fast forward, because I'm like, God, what are you calling me to do? Seven years later, I get a call from Pastor Rich. Can we give it up for Pastor Rich for letting us use the church here? Yeah. I don't know if he's here or not. He said he, said he might be, but cat, wooting for your dad. Oh, wooting for your dad. Oh, but I'm her last name is Wooten if you don't know what her last name is. Um, so anyways, so Pastor Rich gives me a call. We fly out here. You guys, keep in mind, this is seven years ago. I forgot about the dream. I journal a lot, but I'm like, I forgot about the dream. And as we're walking through the church, I start to think, I'm like, hey, this is really starting to look familiar. I walk into the auditorium and I want to start crying. Because what you see here is exactly what was in my dream. One difference, the back, the staging was a little bit different. It was these wood panels, and that was what was in my dream. There's a brother of mine who's a good friend. His name was Mike Hansen. He walks up, and they introduce him to me. And I'm like, you are what I just saw in my dream. And then I had a word for him that I was like, bro, I saw you on the drums. And they were contemplating him starting to play drums. He, had, he didn't even play drums yet. Well, he played drums, but not for our worship team. And I started crying when we get back to the hotel because I'm just like, do you see what's happening? Here's the crazy part. My wife is our children's director in front of this window back here is where she was standing. I didn't even know this window existed. And she is now our children's director. Like, why do I tell you this? Because the Holy Spirit is going to lead if you allow him to in your life. You know, when God gave me that vision, gave me that dream, I was like, I received that. And I forgot about that, but I wasn't pushing it away because there has been, there were several times throughout those seven years that I'm like, you know, I would think about it here and there. And I'm like, God, whatever you were explaining in this dream, I have no idea. I was not even a pastor yet, but I had the Holy Spirit within me. You know, the Holy Spirit will do amazing things in your life. And I was praying to God and praying and praying, God, lead me to do your will and I stepped into it, and I don't even regret it. See, here's the thing. Often, oftentimes, we ask God. We'll ask God, hey, God, provide this in my life. Hey, God, I need you to do this in my life. Hey, God, I need this maybe in my monthly payment right now. Can you provide for me? Oftentimes, we run to the promise, but we run away from the blessing. How many of you have been like, God, I want to step into ministry, and then he starts calling you into ministry, and you're like, oh, nope, I don't want to do that. Or maybe some of you are like, hey, I'm praying for a friend in my life, but then you're pushing that friend away because you're scared to get close. Or maybe you're like, oh, you know what? God, provide a friend in my life who can guide me, who can help me, but then as soon as they start trying to help you out, trying to give you advice, you get offended. We run to the promise, but we run away from the blessing. And I think oftentimes we do that too much. I do that within my own ministry. Lord, provide people. Let us help you. I'm good. Oftentimes, you just got to say, God, I thank you for the blessing that you're giving right now. When the Holy Spirit provides, he will provide. 
If the Holy Spirit wants to dwell within you, I want to encourage every single one of you to allow it to happen. Don't push it away. He's trying to give you an amazing gift. Again, I never hear anybody say, oh, the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. I wish he didn't. Oh, I wish the Holy Spirit wouldn't guide me. No, you don't hear that. Because when you receive that blessing, it is such a great gift and such a great opportunity. Because what else does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit will convict you. Remember that gut feeling that wasn't like the bad wings you ate or the bad burger you ate? Remember that gut feeling that you start to get? In John 16, 8, John 16, 8, it says that, and when he comes, he will, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The Holy Spirit is going to convict you. Again, you know that feeling of when you're gossiping about your friends. You know it's not right. Have you ever gotten that feeling where you're talking about a friend behind your back and don't act like you didn't do it or you've never done it? Somebody, I saw some of you just smile right there. I'm not going to look in any of the directions. I'm looking at this kid. No, I'm just playing. I'm just, I, just, I was just messing with you. You look so cozy right now. I, I was totally just messing. But you know, you get that feeling of you start gossiping about a friend. It doesn't feel good. How many of you would agree that it doesn't feel good to be gossiped about or to gossip about somebody? That is the Holy Spirit trying to convict you. You know that feeling you might get when you tell a little bit of a lie? Ooh, I don't feel like going to school today. So I'm going to tell my parents I'm sick and then you don't feel so good about it. If you don't feel good about it, we will talk later. We'll have a different altar call for you. But that is the Holy Spirit. Or maybe you get a feeling of when you bless somebody. You get this overwhelming joy. Why can't I stop smiling? Why did that feel so good? Because the Holy Spirit was working. How many times, because it's, it's never about us, right? We're that willing vessel, meaning we're willing to be that soldier for Christ. How many of you, it sounds like I'm crying. I need water, actually. How many of you have done something good and you just have this overwhelming feeling of this joy in your heart? Like, you're just like, man, I want to do that every day. Absolutely, right? It feels good. The Holy Spirit is moving. Turn to your neighbor to your left and right and say, say holy to one and say spirit to the other. Make it awkward. Stare him in the eyes. No, I'm just kidding. Cross-eyed. When you receive the Holy Spirit, so we talked about, you know, the Holy Spirit will convict you. The Holy Spirit is going to counsel you. The Holy Spirit's going to do this and that. But the Holy Spirit is now going to give you an amazing power. And what is that power going to do? Is that power is to share Christ boldly. To share Christ boldly. And look at what it says in 1 Corinthians. Where are you, 1 Corinthians? Chapter 2, verses 4 through 5. It says that, and my message and my preaching, now this is Paul talking, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. You see, when we speak the name of Jesus, amazing things happen. When you speak the name of Jesus, people's lives are radically changed. And when you speak the name of Jesus, you give somebody hope. 
who may have been in a dark place. I can't tell you how many times the Lord has told me to speak to somebody in the grocery store of all places. I just want to get my energy drink sometimes and get out. And God's like, speak to this person. You want to know a funny story? It's not in here, but I'm going to tell it to you anyway. I got nailed in the hip with a cart at Smith's Grocery. I had an AirPod in. I was listening to a sermon because I'm nerdy like that. And she hits me in the hip and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And the Holy Spirit's like, ah, you're going to speak to her. And I'm like, okay, how? And she hits me in the hip. And it didn't feel good, but I wasn't mad. She's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And I said, yeah, I'm sorry. I got my headphones in. I, that was my fault. She goes, oh, what were you listening to? I'm like, oh God, I see what you did. And I was like, oh, I'm listening to a sermon. She kind of like goes like this a little bit. Oh, I was like, oh, you ain't Christian. And I was just like, yep, I was listening to a sermon. And she goes, a sermon? Are you Christian? I was like, yep. She goes, you Mormon? I go, nope. <laughs> yeah. You Mormon? No, I get it every time. And it's like, no, I'm listening to a sermon by a, a, a pastor from Elevation. And she goes, oh, tell me a little bit about it. And so I tell her about it. And I said, do you have a church you go to? She goes, no, I'm good though. And so I invited her to church here on Sunday. Now I'll be honest with you. She didn't show up. You guys are probably expecting she came and she was radically saved and all of her kids came. No, nope, none of them showed up. I was willing to listen to the Holy Spirit in that moment because maybe she might be plugged in somewhere else. Maybe she'll show up here one day. Maybe that little seed that's planted might start working in her life. You never know what God can do. We gotta, I'm going off my notes here, but we got to be willing to meet God halfway. A lot of times when we become saved and we receive the Holy Spirit, we want him to do everything. But the Holy Spirit is going to tell you to do something and you got to be willing to take that step forward. Put it this way. I think of it in a sports analogy. I played sports growing up. God can place the basketball in your hand, but if you're not willing to dribble the ball, you're not going to move forward. That's not even my notes either. Like I said, I'm going off the cuff here. We have to be willing to step forward in faith. When God says move, you got to move. When the Holy Spirit says do it, you got to do it. When the Holy Spirit is want to work in your life and the Holy Spirit is convicting you, I am telling you, whatever he is convicting you of, maybe it's a bad video game. Maybe for you, some of you are going to leave here and you're like, all right, I'm going to put Drake in my headphones. Maybe, oh, I saw some heads move there. Or maybe you're like, hey, you've heard the new rap album by Eminem. I'm not trying to name call, but I am. Some things are not good for our soul. It says in scripture, you got to be careful for what you consume. I'm paraphrasing. You got to be careful for what, what your eyes see and what comes out of your mouth. Do you know how many times I want to lay on my horn on Bangor <laughs> to be like, man, these Utahns, how they drive. And then really, it's probably me. I don't know. But do you know how many times there are some words that I want to say because I am so irritated with something, but that is not going to do any good. There are so many times that you might get this frustration and God's like, it's not worth speaking it that way. What, what is it going to do to help the kingdom? Conviction. Say conviction. Say God. It's too good. The Holy Spirit. Thank you. 
<laughs> you really took it literal, thank you. The Holy Spirit will give you the power when you are weak. Romans 8, 26. Y'all didn't believe I'm 30, 35? I got to get my glasses on. Romans 8, 26. It says that, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groaning that cannot be ex expressed in words. When you are weak, rely on the Holy Spirit. When you are going through times of trouble, you don't have to go through it alone because you are never alone. You are never alone. The Holy Spirit is always there. When you need comfort, rely on the Holy Spirit. And how can we do that? We can pray, we can worship, and we can be in the Word of God. There are so many times I have gone through something hard in life and I open up the Word of God and it just comforts me. It just comforts. It might not even be a story that exactly pertains to me, but reading the Word of God will comfort you. God has a purpose and God has a plan in your life. And the Holy Spirit is going to guide you through it all. The Holy Spirit will guide you through it all. The Holy Spirit will give you the power to have hope in a hopeless world. The Holy Spirit will give you power to have hope in a hopeless world. Romans 15, 13. I got to flip to it here, says this. 1513 says that, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. Heed what that says right there. It will fill you completely with joy and with peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of what? Can you read that? The power of what? Holy Spirit. But I love that it says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. With joy and peace. God gives us power through him to bring hope to a hopeless world. Someone in here might be struggling with school. Someone might be dealing with depression. Someone might be dealing with these negative thoughts. But if you are willing to say, God, use me to be the light of truth in your world or in this world, he will give you the hope that people need. And you notice how I said he will give you the hope that people need. Because when you become a follower of Jesus, you are to bring hope to the world. You can make a difference through God, through the help of Jesus Christ. You can help those negative thoughts go away for someone if you just simply are guided by the Holy Spirit. What else does God give us the power to do? He gives us the power, the power to experience all the fullness of God. To experience all the fullness of God. In Ephesians chapter 3, 16 through 19, and I believe this is the last verse I got for you. 
No. It says, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with the inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Will grow down in God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. He wants to give you the power through his spirit. To have the fullness of God will give you righteousness, holiness, and love. To experience things through the eyes of God. Because we're to be more like Jesus, right? We're to be more like Jesus. Have you heard to love thy neighbor? Even though you might want to kick your neighbor, you got to love him, bro. You got to love him. But he gives us that power to pray over the sick, to see these miracles happen. To be able to obtain, obtain that wisdom from God. How many of you want to have the fullness of God in your life? Raise your hand if that's you. That's me. How many of you are saying, I want that fullness of God in my life? Some of you have been running for way too long and it's time to put our egos aside and say you know what holy spirit i need you today holy spirit come into my life that feeling you get when you are raising your hands in worship and you're getting this feeling in your heart don't try to not give into it just say you know what god move in my life you know what god let miracles happen you know what god let me cry you know what god let me express joy unto you don't hold it back. Because I did that once. I remember when the Holy Spirit wanted to come into my life. And I didn't like it because I was uncomfortable. But when we start to get uncomfortable, we want to run back to what's comfortable in our life. But we need to get uncomfortable in our faith. And I want to encourage you that when we do an altar call, I want you to ask yourself, are you willing to receive the Holy Spirit? And if I can right now actually have the leaders come forward, because I want to give them that opportunity to be able to pray for the Holy Spirit within the students and for the students. Are you willing to receive the Holy Spirit? And I want everybody to come to the altar. And I do everybody on purpose, because some of you are too shy to come up here because I was again that person once but God wants all of us to be unified right he wants every single one of us to come together as brothers and sisters so that we can come together as the body of Christ again leaders as we pray let's take the opportunity to pray for our students to receive the Holy Spirit
And it's important for us to understand that God can do anything, but to receive the Holy Spirit doesn't mean you need, you need to see this radical miracle happen right now. If you don't see this physical mir miracle that happens right now, like, poof, my hair's back. There probably wasn't a time for a joke. You like me, Paul. Thank you. Don't look at the physical things he can do right now. Just be willing to say, Jesus, Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Some of you might hear us speaking of weird languages right now. And that's okay. Some of you might say, why am I speaking this weird language? Guess what? That's okay. It's a thing called tons. This heavenly language that God will give us oftentimes when we receive this Holy Spirit. But some of us may not have that experience and I don't want you to look and say, God, why aren't you doing this? Just worry about yourself. Just worry about receiving for yourself and not what's going on around you right now. Oh, can we, can we do that? And as, and as we are doing this, I want to have times of being able just to share encouragement with you. As we pray, leaders, if I start talking, because I don't shut up sometimes, just continue to pray over your students. Don't stop. Don't stop praying. But I want to pray for everybody right now. And then I want us to go into time of worship and just have an amazing altar call. Can we do that? Awesome. Father, we just thank you, first of all, for sending your son to die on that cross. We thank you for the love and the grace that you have extended to every single one of us. But Holy Spirit, I pray that you will just fill this place right now. Holy Spirit, come into our hearts. Holy Spirit, make it evident that you are here. Lord, I pray that those of us right now that could be trying to push that feeling away, I pray that we will put our selfishness aside and that we will say, God, I am willing to receive the gift that you have given every single one of us. Soften our hearts, God. Give us the wisdom. Give us the courage. Give us the boldness. Give us the love. Give us the grace. Give us what we need, the armor of God, to step out in confidence, to be unashamed of the gospel, to be able to speak Jesus into a hopeless world, to be able to feel that conviction, to be able to feel that love, to be able to feel that joy. Holy Spirit, come into our hearts right now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill up our bodies. Holy Spirit, give us your presence. Holy Spirit, work miracles in the place that you have called us to in Jesus' name. So God, as we worship, let us continue to pray. Let us continue to speak in tongue. Let us continue to let miracles happen. God, we pray this and we speak this in the boldness and the confidence in your name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. But remember, it doesn't end here. Stay connected with us on social media, share your thoughts, and continue the conversation.